This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, just like Leicester City this season. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing. But rest assured, you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And now for something completely different. Watch us on YouTube. Listen on your favourite podcast platform. Or ask your smart speaker to play the podcast Lester Till I Die. Subscribe, like, follow and join in now. Strap yourself in. Because we're set up, switched on and ready to go. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And now, here's your host. He talks right, he knows his stuff, and he knows how to make a girl laugh. Thank you! I'm here all week. Right, Chris. All right. Good evening. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good day. Good night. Goodbye. How the devil are you all? Welcome along to Sloppy Seconds. Yes. Uh, if you joined in earlier, 
for the show. I was with Doug and we picked uh, who we thought would qualify from each of the groups. Uh, we had one nutter that popped in that said North Macedonia were going to do well. And we had another nutter that popped in and said Luxembourg were going to do well. Uh, one of those was Brad. I'll leave you to guess which one was which. How are you all? It is question time, Monday at nine o'clock. Um, it's an, our last show for a while with the three musketeers all together. Well... One one of us is Portos. Uh, I'm not sure which, and I don't ever remember Jim Davison being one of the uh, three musketeers. But let's say hello on his last week before he jets off on his holidays. Dave, good evening, sir. All right, Chris. How the devil are you? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks. I think I'm. Pro- I think I'm probably no boss or no something like that. <laughs> I never said that. <laughs> I never said that. I feel like it. Have you got your speedos packed? I have indeed. Yes, yes. yes. They fit now as well. <laughs> That's just the cold weather, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what about you going off to Australia? Indeed. Yeah. Lovely, love. As you know, I, 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 there's a certain part of Australia I love. It's where the World Cup, uh, ladies, World Cup is coming from this summer. Okay. Australia and New Zealand. So if you want to kind of stay out there and be our reporter on the ground. Yeah, well, I would. I can't, but I think, I can't uh, offer you any money, I'm afraid. Yeah, I think I need, I need to get back to see in May to see uh, what's going to happen. I'll be there at Leicester to see, uh, see a stay Oh, up. see whether, yeah, yeah. To be honest with you, if I was you, I'd sooner stay up. Um, <laughs> I've... Uh, I've been in touch with a few Australian uh, supporters groups and they've told me where to go and watch the games. But I think it's like two o'clock in the morning or something. So it is, it is. I'm not um, sure the will be open at that time. Well, I've got a bit. The next, the next Formula One watch along I do is the Australian one in two weeks' time. Uh, oh, I think right. that starts at about six o'clock in the morning. Um, whereabouts oh. in Australia are you going to? We're going to Perth. That's where my oh, daughter is. Oh, right. right yeah. uh, you couldn't be any further away. I went to Cairns, which is right at the top oh, of the yeah, uh, yeah. the northeast. You're at the bottom of the southwest. Yeah. Um, good. Good news is it's free accommodation for a month. Well, well I, what can well, you say? What can so, you say? So I'm hoping. Who are you flying with? Uh, Qantas. Ah. Direct. Going direct. Are you going on the direct one? Are you? Uh, yeah. I went with uh, Singapore via. Would you believe? Singapore Um, but have a great time but we'll we'll speak to you before you go and then we'll find out Brad how's Manchester nice and warm and cozy oh yeah it's it's commonly known as the uh the English uh, Australia (laughs) is Manchester the Perth the Perth of the Northern Hemisphere yeah oh for English fans of cricket the Sydney cricket ground because it's always filled with disappointment when we play there so yeah Manchester is the Sydney cricket ground to what England cricket fans. Wow. That, was the, that was the last time I was there, Brad, at the 5 0. Oh, and I, oh I, God. I had tickets for Sydney and it was embarrassing. Really was. Yeah, it really, yeah. It Fred really Flint's was. Still pissed, actually, at the time. <laughs> oh, he was. It. They admitted to over celebrating it, didn't they? Yeah. 
I, I, I went to Cairns, like I say, Northwest Australia, and people were saying like, oh, you know, if you get if you get a bit of time, just nip down and see like you know the Opera House or the bridge at Sydney. Yeah. It's like and it's like flying to bloody Athens, that it's not just the road trip. Yeah, yeah. but uh, but welcome along. Um, Dara is in evening, gents. How are you, Dara? Welcome along. Uh, thank you for joining us. Um, and I've just lost my other comment, Boris. Uh, we will ask that in a second. I just want to start, though, with the topic which we, we always start off and then we'll come and, and carry on talking um, and, and bring the questions and topics from the chat. But I'm going to throw this one at you first, Brad. Oh, yay. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got a, a new central defender, uh, Amati. How do we manage without him? <laughs> Oh, it's easy and easy enough for that for the uh, Amate gang that is Dave. You know he's he's the he's, he's the uh, chief general leader of them. He gives out uh, a basket of bounties to anybody who praises praises Amate enough. So I always win that week. Now, see the thing is right. This is this, and I understand the frustrations behind Amate, but for me, I'm instantly going to come out and say Amate is a very particular level defender and this is why I said was it on the post match I said um about Harry Sutar being our best signing technically of over the two windows because Amati can play well when he's got a no nonsense bloke next to him and that, that phases that to a degree but sometimes he makes even us lot panic watching him on the ball sometimes when there's players around him. Sutar's of the next level and when he's defending like that and he's just putting it into Rose Dead and he's putting it out for throw-ins and he's kicking it up the pitch so far they're taking a throw-in in their own half Amati can actually do that defending duty and that's what he needs to be a successful defender sometimes like, you know we I said about um, you know playing the two types of defenders together doesn't work and we kind of saw that um, a little bit when when FaZe and um and Marty played together, they can be solid, but they're both capable of mistakes. And when one or both of them are making mistakes, that's when it doesn't go well for Leicester. But when you've got a Sutar, who's Johnny Evans-esque in his no-nonsense strides, he, he just makes Marty look a better defender, in my opinion. Brings out the best in them. You're a man of the match, almost. I think you gave him 10, didn't you? No, no, I didn't go yeah, that high. Not that Dave crazy. Not I, I don't want Dave to fall out. Of his, I don't want Dave to give him a, to fall out of his seat just yet. We'll save that to later on in the show. <laughs> yeah. You gave him a seven, though. I mean, can you find any way of saying he had a good game, Dave? We well, didn't make a mistake, did he? I can't no. remember one. No, no, that's the first no. time I've seen him not make a mistake. So yes, yeah, seven five. I mean, I've got nothing against the guy. I mean, you know, he's a Leicester player. He has been for a long time. No, I haven't. I just can't believe a professional makes schoolboy errors like he does all the time. That's my only argument. When people like Danny Ward are getting so much stick. And, mm. you know, when I thought against Southampton, he was that man of the match. And then he's dropped. Um, I don't get it. I really don't get it. You know, I mean, forget that even the penalty side was good, but he did a couple of this. He's not really done a lot wrong that I know of. Yeah, all right. The goal, Chilwell's goal, perhaps was, um, you know, shouldn't have been allowed in, but, you know, everybody else has been making mistakes and they've been picked again. Um, well, Marty was for a while, wasn't he? Like yeah. You said, Ward, yeah. 
Um, let's let's talk Ward for a minute then. Um, we we said, didn't we, Brad? After the game, Everson didn't do a lot wrong, uh, but he didn't really do a lot right because he didn't have a lot to do, and the goal wasn't his fault, really, was it? Well, I mean, no. I mean, I know, I know. I said tongue in cheek, Ward would have saved it, didn't I? I you knew I was going to do that just for the thing because I'm I'm with Dave. I don't get it. I don't know if it's Leicester syndrome, and by that I mean because Iverson's home grown. And Ward's had a few a few bad moments in what's been a dire season all round. That fans are so easy to cast him aside. I I, I don't understand if people are suffering from self club syndrome, like you know Leicester fans, Leicester syndrome is to make it more obvious. Because I wonder if them lot um, who maybe saw that Iverson you know concede that goal and go, ah, oh, it's one of them. It's just a tucky deflection. I wonder if Danny Ward was in goal. Would it have been, ah, oh, okay now, Danny Ward this, Danny Ward that, Danny Ward's this, Danny Ward's that, he could have saved it, he should have stayed on his feet. And it just annoys me. I don't get why we have this switch in our brains as football fans that we seem to do this. It's the same with Amarty. I mean, Terry there saying, oh, it shows how desperate we've got. What, we're not supposed to praise a Leicester player when they have a good performance? I don't think he's up to the calibre of what Leicester are hoping to achieve, which is battling for the top eight of European football. But I will be damned if you don't say that Amati could not get in any some of these Premier League defensive sides and do a do good enough job for other clubs. You know, we didn't pay a lot for him in the in, in the mainframe. Let's remember what we brought these players for. Did we buy Daniel Amati with the intention of playing them as a starting centre-back? No. Did Daniel Amati ever come in here thinking he was going to be nailed on, picked... In the 11. If you consider the centre-backs we've had since he's been here, we forget he's actually technically part of the Premier League winning squad, right? You think of the parents that he's had to sit behind. Do you think we ever signed him and said, yeah, by the way, we're going to make you our number one choice centre-back over Hoover Morgan? Or we're going to pick you over Maguire? We're going to pick you over French Voldemort? We're going to pick you over our, you know, Turkish tearaway? when he was actually playing for us and had his head screwed on, so didn't you? No, he came in here to fight for a squad role. I don't think... I think some people expect absolute brilliance of the top calibre from certain amount of players that, yes, have been gifted a lot of game time, but it, as we talk about week in, week out, Chris, it ain't because they're, they're, they're the fittest option and the best player. It's because they're the only option at times. And I just think certain players from certain sections of fans, and this isn't aimed at you, Dave, in terms of Marty, because I can laugh about it and I do see where you're coming from. It is. It is. Because you're right. Shh. shh we'll keep <laughs> him on the show long. But my point is, maybe maybe evaluate what he is as a player and what he's actually meant to be as a squad and not expect him to perform like an absolute superstar for 38 out of the 40-odd games a week because he's not. he was never brought in to play that role for us. Mm. I've got to just say, by the way, before we, 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 we move on, a comment that I received post-match, after the post-match show, um, was, uh, the guy on the right is making a lot of sense. And that was you, Brad. You were on the right, I believe. So uh, that was on the post-match. So no idea who he is. Apparently he's gone back into the mental home, but he does say you. I would like to thank my mother for raising me. I'd like to... <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to thank my fans. Yeah, this, 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 this award of prestige. Right, right. I think he was more dragged up, wasn't it? Switch, <laughs> switch him off. Exactly. For fuck's sake. Um, well, look, let, I can I just say, in my defence, yeah. Marty is a midfielder. 
I think we brought him. As yeah, a technically, he's a jack. <laughs> he, um, he comes across more as a jack of all trades, and and yeah, but I okay think at some. He'd be better <laughs> so, in midfield than Samari, because yeah, that's actually hot, what yeah. people saw in him. And I think Amati in midfield would be okay, because he can make mistakes there. That odd mistake is not an issue because they all do it. But when yeah. you do it in the back four, as we know, mm. like the goalkeeper, and you're screwed, then the spotlight goes on you. Mm. And he, oh, yeah. he's not a defender. Okay, yeah, you're right, Brad. He's doing a decent job for what he is, but he's a good. I think he's a good midfielder. I think what well, I think he was originally registered as a CDM yeah. for Leicester, yeah. wasn't he? I think what we've got to say is we would be totally have been fucked without him. In that yeah, role. exactly. Well, we would the way Brendan's treated our two central defenders. Yeah. Well, yes, and 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 I think as well, how good they are. You you've got to you've got to think that it's a bit like a Phil Neville, if you like. You know, jack of all trades, master of none. Um, if you like, but I want to come on to Danny Ward because you mentioned Danny Ward. Um, mm. I don't think he's particularly done much wrong. Um, you know, you've got a goalkeeper that we bought as backup, let's be honest with you, to Schmeichel, uh, for 12 million pounds, which is a hell of a lot of money for a backup goalkeeper. Uh, due to the form and the fact that Schmeichel never got injured, he never really got that many games. He only ever appeared in the Cups and then only in the early rounds. And he hasn't really kicked up any fuss or anything like that. So, he, you know, he's done his job. So he hasn't had that chance to... Because we don't have a, a reserve team anymore, do we? We you know it's down to the youngsters. So he's not going to get regular football. So he came in this season. And like I've always said... When you put a goalkeeper, it could, be, it could be Gordon Banks behind a top four that's changing every couple of weeks from a three to a four to a five to a, even if it's a four for two weeks, it's different players within that four. Any goalkeeper, I hopefully would agree with this, but any goalkeeper would struggle. But Dave, do you think Ward is suffering from the fact that he followed Schmeichel? Just as Chilwell, I think struggled with the fans because the fact that he followed Fuchs and a bit like Daku is struggling because he's following Vardy. When a player comes in and follows people that are legends like that, and I, and I don't use that word lightly, I think all those three players were, I think any player that replaces them, unless they hit the ground and they're absolutely perfect spot on from day one, they're gonna. They're not always gonna have the. You know, get the fans back in, are they, Dave? No, it's possible. I mean, I never really thought of Chilwell replacing Fuchs. I, I know they're both left backs or were, but I, I never saw it that way. Smichael, we used to moan like hell about him because he couldn't come out for crosses. Um, he'd never catch the ball on crosses. Danny Ward is pretty good in the air. He's pretty good with those crosses. Um, okay, Schmeichel, you can never be better than he was on stopping. I mean, nobody was, nobody in the Premier League, so that's going to be a hard act to follow anyway. Um, I think, um, who was the other one you said? Uh, Vardy and Dakar. Well, I'd, nobody's going to follow Vardy, are they? Right. Um, but we would like Dakar to have a chance to follow him, um, and we'd also like two forwards, but that's not going to happen. And Brad, none, none of them are good enough to play up front on their own. Mm. Brad, would, I mean, do you do you think that has uh, that does not saying it makes them a bad player because Chilwell, England left back, and still getting booed by by sorry, some of our fans. Um, 
some fans you just can't please. And do you think it's because of who... It's like managers. Whoever followed Martin O'Neill was going to struggle. Whoever followed Sir Alex Ferguson was going to struggle. And is it not the same? And I think with Fuchs, Schmeichel and Vardy, I think we are looking at fans' favourites there. And whoever you know, follows them, do you not think they're going to have a bit of a fight on their hands to win the crowd over? Well, yeah, of course you are. I mean, that's anywhere. Leicester, Liverpool, Man City, Man United. And I mean, well, Man City fans, I mean, the ones that remember the championship in Division 1 days, not not these ones that only have been in there since the rich, because they, they, they don't know loyalty. Um, he says tongue-in-cheek. Um, but yeah, you have that. We it's have that. I mean, in the Facebook group just to follow the Brazilian, isn't it? I, well, yeah, I know. Exactly right. Yeah. Um, only wants all the content, but only wants really Tete stuff. But yeah, I mean, you get you get that everywhere as well. But I mean, it was the same with Heskey when we sold him. I mean, we all know, and yeah. you've had the interview, guys. Check that out after this. You know, with Colin Moore, the infamous. You know, I always say the ones that got away. The you know, I know Heskey was the move, but I always say that was the partnership we missed out on as Leicester fans. We were robbed of it. Um, we all have expectations. I mean, Casey Keller. Did we sit? Did we really think he was going to do what um, Kevin Paul was doing for us in Division One? You know, we, that was a big boots to fill. He filled it. You know, Tim Flowers was a little different because he had experience, and so was Walker. But we've had periods where these keepers that we plucked from divisions or someone's reserves, and everybody's gone, "Oh no!" And then look what when we actually gave them time then. You know, look at what they went on to achieve. I mean, Casey Keller to this day is still my favourite Leicester goalkeeper, always will. Uh, there's a sentiment story behind that as well, but he always was. I loved how athletic he was and flew around the goal. And I don't know, I, I, I did hear what Rogers said about how he sat down and had a long chat. So I, I, I would like to think it hasn't dented Danny Ward's confidence too much. I'm sure it's going naturally because he's been dropped from the number one responsibility. But I wonder if maybe his confidence has got to a point where the performances were showing in training and that's what made him make the call. Went, look, you need to step out of the limelight. Um, I, I do see you as a keeper that we can have here, but obviously your confidence taken off. Let's get you back to ground zero and give Iverson a chance. The problem is every fan base has it. Like I said, the less the Leicester syndrome in, in terms of I wonder if fans would be screaming for Alex Smith is to be stepping in if he was our number two and we didn't have Iverson. You know what I mean? I, I get he's a Leicester lad and I always want the youngsters that come up to do well. I was one of them that didn't actually really boo Chilwell or anybody that's ever developed through because I, I like the fact that the system is shown faith in. I think we're one of the few clubs that still remember how the youth system works. I just think it's met with a twinge of Iverson's a homegrown boy. He's, he, you know, he's not, but he's like, he's in our reserves. He's one of us. He's been here years. Give him a shot. And it's like, we're in a bad time and drew and beat uh, League Two side 1 0. Mm. I mean, I would argue at least Danny Ward had to make penalty saves against the likes of Man City and you know, in Wolves when we played when he played cup games, didn't he? Yeah. He didn't get too many Peterboroughs. Dave, you still with us? I'm with you. Okay. <laughs> I can breathe now. I can breathe, guys. Sorry. I'm it's I'm my union obligation. It's my union <laughs> obligation that we'll take my membership back. Listening and learning. Um I can't yeah, believe Casey Keller's your favourite goalkeeper for mind you, you're young, aren't you? That's the difference. I mean, I grew up with Banks. And it's my era, and I have a sentiment yeah. reason behind it, actually, as well, more than that. But 
But yeah. you do when you when you've got I do think when you've got a player like I'm going to use Christian Fuchs as the example of everybody wanted him to score a goal. Everybody loved him. It was Fuchs whenever he got free. You know the guy was just loved. He was he was. You know, uh, you can remember the uh, the egg trick that he did with o- Okazaki in training. You know, every you, you just guy. So whoever follows that is always, in my opinion, going to go to struggle. But I want to come back now to I think it was last week when we uh, looked at the potential table as it would expand over the. Uh, oh, that, that went well, didn't it? Oh yeah, when well, we did. You you mean that season we finished in Europe because we <laughs> predicted it. <laughs> I'm not sure what happened because the points did seem to go up every week, but some teams ended up having played only 35 games. I'm not totally sure what happened. But looking at, I know it's a, it's a, it's a often used word, Dave, but, you know, six-pointers and every game yeah. is a cup final. But I'm looking at the games we've got left, which I think is 11 now, isn't it? And I want, I've picked out some here which were... Are Palace, Wolves, Leeds, Everton, and West Ham? They are all the teams that we are playing that are in and around us. They are the real cup finals. They are the real six pointers, are they not, Dave? Well, I'd have thought we'd have beaten Leeds, Everton, Palace, but I'm not so sure now. <laughs> Palace have done the managed job. Everton showed a little bit of bottle, didn't they, at the weekend? Um, and Leeds, well. A lot of bottle. We we don't show that bottle. We need we need to go back to the old Leicester that was a cup team and fighting for every ball and chasing down the opposition. Um, you know, and, and not thinking we're better than anybody else. Unless we do that, like Leeds, Everton are doing. Palace aren't yet, but if they get well, they're not getting Roy back, are they? Surely. Um, well, if they do, they go down. Yeah, that, they might get if they get. We hope they are. We hope they are. Steve Parrish will probably go for Sam Allardyce or somebody like that. Because <laughs> Gary makes him just to go uh, old school. Yeah. <laughs> Who was it? He screwed him for a few million. No, Tony Pulis, wasn't it? They could get him. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, yeah. But you know, I think those three games now suddenly become a little bit more difficult than they were. I see Bournemouth at home being okay. Um, and Wolves, Wolves at home. Yeah, I think we'll, we'll be okay there. Because um, they still can't score that many goals. But those three worry me now. Mm. They didn't a fortnight ago. Brad, your thoughts on those games? I mean, let, let, let's cut, cut the crap. Them four games, we just can't lose them. Mm. I think I think that if you cut it down to brass tacks, uh, to brass tacks, especially if you include the the other two teams that Dave mentioned, like Wolves and Bournemouth, playing them teams, we cannot afford to lose. And if we don't lose them games against them, it might just do it. I think if you come out of them games, and even if it's a draw, say at Palace because they're away, and you know maybe people win the odd win here or there, out of them four to six games, I know you're looking at the, like the three sort of as a cluster of fixtures. I think if we come out of them unbeaten with a win here and there, that's mm. how we stay up this season. I don't think it matters the Liverpool, the Man City game and, and, and anything a little bit more difficult than that in between like Fulham. I think you look at who's around you, you go, right, we don't lose to you, we stay up. And that's 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 where the mentality needs to be. 
I would happily take one or two wins out of them six games if we don't lose the other four. If we were to to win, um, I'm just just been giving us five points for a win. That would definitely keep us up, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's Jock Wallace bonus points. I like that. If if we were to win uh, all of those games, we'd get 18 points and we would be safe. There wouldn't be a a problem. Yeah. Um, I mean, Villa... Are up next after the break. Oh no, Palace are up next after the break, so they may have the new manager bounce. Villa, I'm prepared to say that we'll probably or could well lose that one. And, and I'm at Man City. I don't expect to get anything from uh, Fulham. Mm, who knows? You know, we might end up playing you know a five-a-side Fulham team if we <laughs> feel like they did the other night. Liverpool, Newcastle. I don't expect West Ham to be there, but I mean, can you imagine, Dave, last day of the season, hosting West Ham, we need to win that to stay up. It's like, oh, here we go again against Stoke, isn't it? Yeah, God, yeah. I booked the night in the Holiday Inn Express as well. Um, Have just you? Ready, ready to celebrate, big style. <laughs> I expect a live feed from there if we stay up. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, it's, it's oh, going to happen before that, but... Yeah, it would be nice. Those games, I mean, West Ham, I've just got a feeling that they're going to get out of it, to be honest with you. So I had forgotten Bournemouth, I've got to be honest with you. But Bournemouth, Palace, Wolves, Leeds, Everton, we've got to be winning those games. Yeah. Uh, but And the problem is, the way we're playing at the back, I can't see it. Because every team now seems to know. Things like, we never... We never cover the wide men. We don't play. We play a, a sort of centralised back. Even we played four at the back, didn't we, on Saturday? And we still let a goal in from wide. Uh, and we do it all the time. We never seem to, you know, when I'm sort of sitting there watching and there's a right winger who's way out there screaming for the ball, any defender we've got there is on the penalty box. And you're thinking, hang on, if he gets the ball, he's got to stick a decent cross in and we've had it. And Chelsea, we had it with Chilwell. Nobody picked Chilwell up. And Saturday, okay, it was a bit of a farce anyway. Why everybody ran out like headless chickens, I don't know. But I suppose that's when you've got Tete and Barnes trying to defend. Barnes had the biggest guy in the box, I think, and then he ran away and left him. You know, whether the keeper called out, which he should do, but not like that. Maybe Barnes is scared of heights. Yeah, probably. <laughs> he didn't fancy getting up that. He was like, no, no, I'm not doing it. I mean, why, put him, why put him on him? We've got a giant at centre-half. Why is a small guy picking up a big fella? As... I'd use that piece, coach. I think he's been hanging around uh, Brendan yeah. too long. Don't, don't <laughs> we used to have that problem before. Well, he used to put Indeedy on the tallest bloke in the box, didn't yeah. he? He used to yeah. do that, so it's nothing new. But Brad, I mean, I, I did the, the show, the soapbox show on uh, Life's a Pitch on Sunday morning. I think this was my deadline for um, Brendan going. Yesterday and today, if he was going to go, that's it. Now I think we are stuck with him till the end of the season. Oh, yeah. He, he will be gone, I think, at the end of the season, no matter which way. We go whether we go up or down because we can't have another two seasons like we've just had if we want to be um, the, the, the club that we, we thought we wanted to be. And if we go down, um, 
When's his contract out, Chris? In two years? Sure. I, I think it is, but I'm not sure. Um, but I want to, as I say, I mean, Terry's just said there, one draw against Brentford and that's done, papered, all cracks papered over again. I just want to read what um, Matt Piper was saying uh, after the match uh, on the When You're Smiling podcast on the BBC. Former Leicester winger Matt Piper said he saw grit and quality that he had not seen for some time in the second-half performance that secured Leicester a 1-1 draw at Brentford on Saturday. Speaking uh, on the latest When You're Smiling podcast, Piper said, this was a really good second-half performance and a really good point on the road. I'm hoping this will kick-start these last 10 games now. We need to take that desire... That fight, determination, I've seen grit and quality in that second half that I've not seen for some time. That's really good to see. Now, I can't argue with Matt Pipe because he's obviously an ex-player. He knows what he's looking at. But it was good, but I, I don't think I'd, I was watching Brazil, which is basically how he's very, almost described it. Well, he's seen mostly all, all the games this year. And when you see the Chelsea game, when they were flat as pancakes and nobody cared, nobody bothered... Um, not even the manager bothered, then anything's better. And Brentford, yeah, you know, we did all right, but we should have beat them. You know, we should beat Brentford. Um, Brad, I mean, Terry says there, one draw against Brentford, like I just said, and that's all they've done papered over. Are we giving probably Brentford a bit of a, um, a, 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 a bit of a wet flag there? Because they're better than the fact that it always just Brentford that's got promoted. They are the Leicester of a few years ago that are going for Europe. Yeah, you have to respect the run that Brentford are on. You have to respect the season that they're having. Um, they're having a very good season. There's no divine right to be anybody in the Premiership, let alone a side that very rarely drops any points at home this season. It's having a good season. But it certainly doesn't paper over any of the cracks. We're not sat here suddenly thinking we're safe, we're going to turn it around, we're going to stuff Palace, stuff Everton, stuff, you know, Wolves and, 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 and Bomb. But what, what we are saying is, for all the dross we've had to sit through since since beating Spurs, the dross we've had to sit through as fans this season alone, knowing knowing how it is, we just have to take some positives from it and, and look at it as a retrospect. You know, I think Brentford fans, if the shoe was on the other foot and they'd got a point against us, you know, they'd be sat there going, hold on a minute, we're fighting for our lives. We we, we deserve that point. We, we, you know, we kept ourselves in the game and, and we really went at you in the second half. We didn't yeah. do it, you know. If they did it, they did it at the King Power. Was it second game? Yeah. First game, first game, wasn't it? Yeah, the first they, game, and you know, and, that, and the way we start on that one. Right. Yeah, I mean the way the way the season started that first half. If you was to say, you know, you pause the game right now and says, right, who's going to go on and challenge for the top seven, and who's going to be struggling down the bottom come March? You you want to put a penny on it being Brentford up there in eighth, ninth seventh sort of area come March after that first stop. But the way you got them going in the second half and the way the seasons have panned out since, you can't just turn your nose up at a, at a point against Brentford, especially when you look at the, the season. You don't play a team and go, oh, they've had one good season and ten bad ones, so they're still a shite side. No, you take them on face value. And the face value is Brentford are having a really good season and, and don't fear anybody. So it's a good point. It doesn't paper over the cracks, obviously, but it's still a good point to take. 
Dave, yeah. Gemma, a Brentford fan, uh, says, disappointed not to take all three points, but another accomplished performance. Frank's stock uh, only rises. I think every, Frank is everything that Brendan's not at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, what? Yeah. I mean, what, what's Mendy done? Can I interrupt? Uh, can we come on to Mendy later? Sorry, mate. We, we get going off at, at sidetracks here. Um, tangent, tangent, so like do, do you think? Do you think uh, Brent Brentford? Um, this, you know, was there was talk at one point about Frank? You know, we were going to be going after Frank. He ain't going to come now, is he? If we stay up, he might. Martin O'Neill realised his. Um, O'Neill realised his uh, ambitions because he knew he couldn't take us any further with that ground. Um, you never know. They're only, what's the what's the capacity? About fourteen thousand. Something like that. I, I mean, I'd, I'd I'd like to say that he wouldn't because he'd have some integrity and commitment to Brentford, and who who. Who wouldn't? And this, 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 this was the same for Claudio. This is the same for anybody who's ever done it. Who wouldn't want to go down in in the, that club's history books as the first manager that took them on a European journey, group stages to work? So if he got them into Europe, Graham Potter bizarrely did it to Brighton, and look how their season's going. They look like they're going to achieve a, a very successful season, um, potentially even an FA Cup final still to be had. So, you know. It shows it doesn't always work when you jump ship, Mr. 10th place Chelsea. So maybe Frank will look at that and go, you know what? I fancy my chances, especially if we get into Europe next season. I I, I would love him and, and and that as a manager, I think he's got the right attitude and calibre for it. But I would absolutely one million respect respect him to stay at Brentford. Yeah. And, and and again, if you want uh, you wanna you wanna take perspective with, with the result, you like you said, Chris, a Brentford fan's come in here and said I'm disappointed we didn't beat you, basically. And that tells you how yeah. confident that Brentford fan was, given their home form. Yeah. Um, we'll come on to say Mendy in a second, Dave. But Boris okay. just asking here, why did they play Barnes on the wing when, as we all saw on Saturday, he's much more effective down the middle after he switched with Dakar? Yeah, I think, didn't we on one of these shows say about Barnes playing in the middle? I think I said on the wing he's not really very effective shove him down the middle madison yeah. behind him when he madison built. when madison was out injured i said put him in give him that That's freedom right. in the middle yeah yeah i mean i think we probably all generally agree he's not a winger but the manager thinks he is not just a winger then go past people i think his comments were <laughs> yeah <laughs> not push and run isn't it um he's out joint well he's, he's now ahead of that he's number one top scorer for the club this season yeah, well, that doesn't say a lot this season, does it? To oh, be no. fair. I mean, Brad, who, who if we bring him in, uh, and maybe him and Madison behind, you know, if we stick with a lone striker, but who would you then put on that left wing? The thing is, you don't need to do that. You don't need to completely scrap the wing because if you look at when Barnes is on the wing and how we're actually playing, he's only out on the wing when we're trying to absorb a bit of pressure, keep the score low and get ourselves through to half-time. When we're defensive like we were in that first half against Brentford and Brentford were running rings round us, he was out on the wing. When we went 1-0 down and came out in the second half, and yeah, well, that's that's very true, uh, and switched it up and went, and because we had to, we went more attacking. It, it, the role he got given then, and when we're attacking, that's when you see the best out of Barnes, is he gets moved from the wing and he gets brought into an inside forward. 
So we don't need anybody on that left wing. Barnes only plays it now as a defensive duty in games where we're either away from home or we're playing higher calibre opposition uh, in, in the likes of Man City, Man United, where Brendan goes, right, lads, we're going to see this out to nil-nil, you beautiful human beings, and if we're still in the game, then we'll go attacking and allow you to play your football. It's almost like, a, you know, when, you know, when you tell a kid if they do all the chores, they can go and play on the Xbox or PlayStation for an hour. That's how Brendan has Leicester doing it at the moment. 45 minutes. Um, oh, yeah, it'd be nice when they do it for 90, Terry. That, that'd be brilliant. If they could have ever done that at any point in the season consistently, we'd be a lot happier. But, Actually, yeah. Even last season. Yeah. Well, that. yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, Eagle, um, <laughs> that's going to be your name from now on. It's on the screen. That's your name. Um, I, I get confused with Barnes because... The other day, he he went down to the to the to the to the, to the byline, put a cross in, and we got a goal. The other day, he came inside and he got a goal uh, on his own. But he is coming inside a hell of a lot more than he's actually going down that wing and getting a cross in, which is when he can, in fairness, probably be more be more effective. But if you remember when he was on loan at West Brom, that's how he got a lot of his goals, and they were crackers. And he came to Leicester, and I remember thinking, great, you know, this is going to be brilliant. And it, what it took him about half a season to get close. Mm-hmm. I think he's, a, he's seriously a confidence player. I know lots of them are, but Barnes particularly. Mm-hmm. When we're on fire, when we're doing well, it's like Tete, I'm sorry, but I can't see it. Um, I'm assuming we'd have to be really on top for him to play well. Um, because I've seen nothing, I don't think in I've the seen Mercury, it says Brendan Rodgers set to keep faith in underwhelming Leicester City star. Oh. But how oh. many of these do we have to go that are going to be underwhelming? You know, he's coming to a team that is not performing, mm. and we are expecting him to be Mares Mark II. Yeah, yeah well, that's, that's, that's a problem. And the, and the problem is, is that, is that and you, you, you love this part, so you'll be glad that I'm bringing it up. When you go and show us the heat map on the post-match, Chris, where's he? I know it's not much on this on this one, and I know it wasn't a lot on this post-match, so that, but where do we normally see the majority of him getting the ball and being around? It's in our own half. He's doing a defensive work. It's very, very strange. You know, you, you can't ask a light bulb, to light up, light up your room without screwing it in so it's in its proper place. And you can't ask a right win, winger to get your goals and assists and light the place on fire when he's struggling to get the ball, you know, helping everybody at the back, trying to win the ball back in his own corner flag. You know, you, you need to be able to allow the person to do the right roles. And it's the same with Barnes, like I said, and it's the same problem we've got with Tete. If you're telling them to get back and defend and you want your winger to be a trap back and help out, I'm all for it. Great. But, Allow him to get forward and play to the strengths of, of of the attackers, and and we might actually see what he's what we're potentially spending twenty five million pound on. Hey. I'd be tempted to leave the two up front for things like corners and free kicks. I mean, there's no point in them defending. I haven't seen Tete defend properly anyway. So leave them up front. You're going to take what three defenders out, so yeah. that, that's going to take a few of their players out and and give us some outlet. We've never got an outlet. Yeah, it, it's Brendan says here, um, talking about Tete, it's the level. You come in that first week, it's all exciting and you produce a fantastic performance. 
And then the opponents that we've played against have been really tough opponents. It's been a challenge for him. Oh, Jesus. He's supposed to be a world-class player, isn't he? Well, a world-class player with a world-class coach. Yeah, well, I mean, steady on with the world-classness. I mean, he did come from the French leagues. Yeah, true. Online. Mares and Kante. Yeah, I know, but they're, they're one in a million, and that's all we talk about them as one in a million. So, yeah, I'll let it pass. He's no, he's no, he's no Rashid Gazelle, at least. I'll say yeah. that. Much. I suppose <laughs> Morris took a year, didn't he? Morris. Well, he was dropped out. He was dropped in the championship over Canuckart. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's an excellent point, Dave. Let me ask you this then: Are we expecting too much of players? Because I know. You're going to hate me saying this, but Fafana came in and he absolutely hit the ground running. And thank God he did because, you know, he wasn't expe- he was going to come in and go into our development squad. And we weren't probably going to see him for a year or two. But he came in, he had to play, hit the ground running. And as it happened, he, he swam rather than sank. But we then expect Samore to be this championship winning sort of player that, that he was in, in France. We expect, you know, Daka to come in and be scoring at two goals every game. Are we expecting these players, like you say, Mares, as brilliant as he was, took ages to settle. You know, took a while to, to, to get the team. Are we expecting we, too much of the players? But we played paid four million for Mares. Was it four hundred thousand? Yeah, it was different times, wasn't it? But the actual thing I'm saying is are we relatively Oh, yeah, but are we still saying, oh, well, if we pay you 20 million, we expect you to hit the ground running. But if we pay 4 million, then no, oh, we'll give you a bit of time to settle in. Well, yeah. About, yeah. No, I don't think you can. No. I don't think you can. No, because I think the 20 million pound player might still be coming from the French league. He's coming into a different country, no friends, no family, and a different level of playing and a different style of playing. Well, like Man City not done so bad this year, has he? And okay, mm-hmm. you know, he comes from Germany, but you know, he ain't done bad, has he? First year in the Premier League. No, but then we had Fafana. Who, who did that? We did. Didn't and we've had some shockers. And I'm mm-hmm. saying if we're paying that sort of money out, I would rather buy a dozen four million pound players from French League Division Two that have got, you know, potential talent. Because then at least you're Diabate. not wasting your money. Hmm? Like Diabate. Well, you know. Yeah, they don't all work out. If every transfer no. you've ever made, every some, worked out, you know, then teams would be teams would be very boring, though. And so no, would Leeds. You, Leeds you, would be... you, 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 you have the casting vote, then. 20, mil, um, 20, 30 million, you're expected to settle in quicker than if I played four, than if we paid four million for a player. The pressure's on more from fans' expectations. Away days are great, but when you can't play away, there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with Muck Delivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. 
If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Yeah, but me personally, it takes as long as it takes. Again, whether we like it or not, the French Voldemort is going to be a successful world-class defender. He's going to get caps for France. He's going to do well at Chelsea in the back line. Whether Chelsea overall do well, he's up to Potter, not him. But he, we know that is. And yes, it's great that Leicester have had these gems. But the thing is, what we're forgetting in it is... When we signed Mares, we didn't have any expectations because he only cost us 400 grand. We probably thought this was one of them bulk up the squad. He ain't going to get in because we had Kanakar. And he hit the ground running and it was like, wow. Well, he didn't. When he got settled in and he showed us what he really could do and we oh, built him up over that year. Wow, what a player. And it's the same for Kante. I know he did it flashing the pan straight off and same with, with Voldemort. But he, he doesn't necessarily do it. Sometimes you, you, you have these... And again, these contracts are a bit weird. And, and you want to prize an asset away. And you, you look at, like you said, title winners, right? We sold Drinkwater for 35. We were kind of sold up the river on Kante, but we had the negotiations. It was sort of in the move that Chelsea were sort of interested, but weren't willing to commit. And anyway, but my point is we sold them for 40 million, 50 million, 60 million, 80 million. With, you know, the French leagues, you can't command that value. We took a title winner that was the French version of Leicester from winning it from nowhere sort of thing, and we only paid £23 million. You still have to adapt. Once in a blue moon, like I said, we've been very blessed over the last five years to find a good handful of them players that have done that. But once in a blue moon, someone will get paid a modest fee and they'll adapt to it. Sometimes you've just got to make them go in. But as Terry it's... said there, for me, Mares had, like you said, Mares had competition from knockout, so he wasn't thrown into the team straight away and expected to do it. Exactly. Uh, Tete has no competition, therefore maybe he's expected to go in and do it. Yeah. Because if he doesn't do it, then we're playing Pratt, who I'm sorry isn't a winger, Madison, who isn't at his best on the left side. All I'm saying is I do honestly think some of these players... Kevin Keegan, when he went from, was it Stockport, I think, to Liverpool, he never saw the first team at Liverpool for at least a season. He was playing in the reserves. Uh, they didn't throw him in and say, go and do it now. So no. I just think we expect too much of these players yeah. straight away. We do. Don't get me wrong. If we get somebody from another Premier League club, it's different because they're England-based, they've got the friends, they've got the family. You know, they're used to playing to the, the English style. But what I'm saying is you get somebody, yes, you get the odd one, like you say, Haaland, Fafana, Kante. We've had them, but not every player is a Haaland, Fafana and Kante. Yeah. You know. But we, we need them now. That's the point. So why yeah, buy them? But that's the thing as well. That's the thing as well to kind of add to your point. You just made that, Chris. Sometimes it's not even expectation. Sometimes it's, uh, you know, so to quote Princess Leia, help, help us, Tete, you're our only hope because we haven't yeah. got another right winger. You know, that pressure is on it. It's oh, more, it's more of a desperation than it is. Can any of you honestly... I know. <laughs> well, well I, wanted to, I wanted to go down the, the, the you know, the, the help, hope is only one Kenobi, but I'll leave that one there. But no, the only thing is, Cast your minds back, and it's all right saying, and I get that Kanaka and Amaras was a bit of competition for each other, 
but we talk about some of these players that we've signed and they have been a success and they got straight in the squad, they did well. Did any of you genuinely sit there and think, well, 400 grand for a French League 2 player called Riyad Mahrez? Yeah, he's going to be a success. Did we spend... No, we didn't. You know, we no, no, nobody here. And if you, you, you say you were from the off, you're lying. Uh, you know you are, right? Well, I, didn't, I didn't like him first season. I well, I mean, didn't, didn't, he, didn't dived, he... He dived all the time. Well, yeah. I mean, didn't didn't yeah. he also flee St. Mirren's training ground? Wasn't it him that turned yeah. up and robbed the bike and, and left it? Um, but you oh, know what well. I mean? It's, uh, well, no, you can't. But, you know, sometimes it's we're in a desperate situation. If we had a backup right winger, and before you say it, no, I mean a decent standard backup right winger that isn't called Perez or, or Diabetes... Um, I'm in a bit of competition like Mares had, then I don't think there'd be this expectation around Tete. Expectation um, or desperation? Bit of both. Mm. Bit of both. Expecting because we're desperate, I suppose you could say. All right, I mean, even let, let's go back to the point that Dave made, and I'll come back to you because it was your point is that you pay more for a player and you therefore expect him to do better. Uh, and well, not do better because you obviously that that goes without saying because you're paying more for them, but you expect them to settle in, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, better. Um, we unfortunately, as a club, can no longer go and buy the likes of a Tielemans for forty million. Yeah, you know, I was reading. We have we're not we chase the dream to try and get into the top four, and we failed just short and ended up fifth. That is why. And this isn't me talking. This is Rob Tanner from uh, from the Athletic. That is now why we are financially in the position that we were. Had we sold Tielemans for forty odd million, we'd, we would have been fine, uh, or Madison, whatever. But obviously, that didn't happen. So we're not in the position now that we can go and buy at Harland or an Odegaard or anybody like that. We do have to shop at the slightly cheaper end. You know, we're, we're now we're not in Audi like we used to be. But we're certainly in Asda rather than Waitrose, where we did shop for a while. Um, and we all know, you know, look at the money that Ranieri spent and uh, and it didn't work out. Um, I just I just think we've got to give, and I know we're in a difficult situation, but we have to give these players time. Why have we come away from the model, the Leicester model that was lauded all across the world almost? You know, we, we buy these players, we've got great scouting um, well, Rogers came in, didn't he? And he bought two uh, two South Coast defenders uh, that we put yeah. nine past. Yeah, but um, why? You know, why are we not still having the same scouting methods and system that we had? It, it well, just we do. We have gone back to that. I mean, I think we lost it a little bit. We were Nieri when you know when we'd won the Premier League. We were going out and thinking, right, we can now go and buy. Um, who was it we bought up uh, front? You uh, know, Flamani. Flamani, um, and and the uh, and the other midfielders that you know we only we we couldn't play because we missed it by thirteen seconds. We were going out and buying these players uh, because suddenly we could, rather than sticking to the old, because we thought yeah. we got too probably got too big for our boots, possibly. You know, yeah. but uh, I want to come back um, to your point about Mendy. Do you think, I said this the other day, as a manager, you dread getting the vote of confidence from the chairman. Mm -hmm. You get a vote of confidence within 
month or so, you're out. That's <laughs> how it happens. Is it the same with Rodgers as a manager? But if you get a bit of credit off Brendan Rodgers, you know you're not going to see the first team again. Well, this is what I don't get. I mean, he talks as if everybody's training well. We all trained well this week. We did this. Um, but then you never see him play. Mendy's last game, I think, was... I didn't think he did much wrong. I've seen him make... Well, the goal he scored, that wonder goal, he made two mm. dreadful mistakes before that. And that could have conceded two goals. Um, but was it Tottenham? I can't remember now. Was it Spurs game? I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Spurs were so bad, they couldn't take the the chances. But Mendy played, you know, he did a Samari at the back where he just passed the ball to the opposition. And I thought, oh, God, here we go. But then, you know, he did all right and he scored. The next game, I thought he played pretty well. Um, but then he got, he's got dropped and, and I can't see why. Unless I've missed something. Guys, he you told me. Praise, didn't he, Brad? Um, he's the perfect defensive midfielder. He's what you know, he's what I want. And then as I say, not unlike the praise that was was doused on Hamza Chowdhury after the Liverpool game. Yeah. And then he goes and drops him. I mean players must be sad. I'm almost wondering if players go out and say, I'm not gonna play well today, because if I do, Brendan Rodgers will praise me and then I'll never play again. Maybe that's why we're in the trouble we are. No, no, it's farcical. <laughs> right, to... I accept. Tell yeah, me. yeah. I mean, it's quite farcical. So I, I get it. It does look that way. But, you know, I, I think I'm going to be a bit bold on my statement here. I've been ever defiant that Soyuncu's had his head up his arse ever since, well, that dreaded Bournemouth away game, if we all ponder to remember it, you know, where we got absolutely battered when we were chasing, you know, clinging on to fourth space, his head's been up his arse. And I think slowly people have realised that maybe Rogers isn't to blame with certain players because he tried to praise Hamza Chowdhury. But if I remember rightly, a certain young Hamza Chowdhury was in that scandal in Thailand. Mm-hmm. Hamza Chowdhury was deemed uh, one of... Yeah, he was. I'm pretty sure him and James. I'm sure him and Pearson's no, son. Um, yeah, I go on. No, ele- no, well, somebody allegedly. Let's say allegedly, but I'm fairly certain it was allegedly. I, I haven't got deep pockets for my lawyers. Um, <laughs> well, I don't think it was. It was Pearson's son. Pretty sure, but allegedly. Anyway, but my point still stands. He was. He, he was one so. of the. You could say he was. Yeah, Eagle Pickle was yeah. my lawyer. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Pearson, I mean, that, so it was uh, Pearson, Tom Hopper, and Adam Smith. Oh, Tom so Hopper, we apologise yeah. um, to uh, Hamza Chowdhury for that. Hamza, Hamza was involved. Hamza was involved in the party. Yeah, he was. A, he he was involved in the COVID party. The COVID yeah, party. Yeah, well, yeah. exactly. So, well, definitely well, that. Well, apologies, Hamza. We're not accusing you of being a, a sex pest. I, I just I just thought he was in definitely one of the fact. Obviously not, but <laughs> I, I just thought that, we can move on. <laughs> no, because just was the point. Um, it cost us three points at West Ham, which would have got us into fourth place, possibly. Yeah, I mean, Hamza's a bit of a dodgy case as well because, like I said, he's, he seemed to just be very troubled ever since he's been through our youth. Um, and, you know, also he had that game against Liverpool. Oh, I didn't know that. I just made a point. Uh, I just uh, wrong. I said I was wrong with it. Um, but, you know, the training ground 
thing with the COVID. He just seems a bit of a troubled character. I like him. I want him to do well, but I don't know how Watford fans are um, saying yeah. about him online. I'd, I'd, like, I'd like to hear that. But the many things know, actually tapped. You? you never know no. what you're going to do. You know, there's no smoke. There was a Watford fan um, that used to come in quite a lot when they were in the Premier League. Um, yeah. No, he actually popped in to a chat I was on. I don't think it was on my channel. I think it was on another channel. And he actually said, um, please, can we keep him? I think oh. he's doing all right for Watford. Well, great. Maybe he's found his level he can play at then, because they're yeah. not having the greatest yeah. of season expectations. Uh, but anyway, more, more, well. <laughs> yeah, more, more on the Mendy and, 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 and Didi thing is, the thing is, he made it very clear that Ndidi is that defensive-minded defensive midfielder and he sees Mendy as the one he likes to play to be on the aggressive front, front foot. And when he's wanted to be on the aggressive front foot, Mendy's been playing regularly and starting. And if you look at how the game's played out, the ones, even the Chelsea one where we lost, he went defensive. So that's why Mendy didn't start. He didn't want to exploit the, mid, the, the midfield and leave it open because they were going to flood it. Brentford away, they out-muscled us sometimes and they outnumbered us definitely in the midfield. I think they had a three in midfield against our technically our two when it posed them and then the wingers came in to make it like a five on three if they needed. So he would have exploited the middle because he, he, he likes to get us on the front foot. I was, a, like I said to you in the post-match, had, it, had that red card incident happened in the 78th minute and not the 88th, 89th minute, he may have been tempted to put Mendy on and go, all right, let's chance our arm and get three points and, and show that positivity. I actually think it's purely tactical for Mendy. And if we go, we've got Palace after the international break. If Brendan decides we're going to go at Palace, even though it's at Salahurst Park or whatever they call these grounds, there's that many ground name changes, sponsorships, so it's still Salahurst Park. No, well, there you go. But um, yeah, I, 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 if he goes that way, I can see Mendy going into the team personally. Um, you know what, Brad and Chris, that any man opposite manager could pick the substitutions for Leicester without worrying about it. Probably within five or ten minutes of when they're made as well. So how can that do you any favours? Samari comes on for one of the other two, Ndidi or Mendy. You know, Vardy comes on for Dakar or you know, all this sort of stuff. And you think, this is so boringly predictable. It's not going to achieve anything. Vardy spends the next 10, 15, maybe if he's lucky, 20 minutes running around. And that is it. We, we're wasting what is still could be one of our prized assets. Nobody gives him the damn ball the way he used to get it. Do you, <laughs> you know? think we need to clone Indeedy and Mendy? And the son of that <laughs> have both attributes of blocking and going forward because one of them's well, good I've... at one thing and one of them's good at the other. I'm not sure about Indeedy now. I've not seen him play particularly well. He's he seems to be bottling out a little bit of the challenges. Um whereas Samari seems to go through and probably gets booked every game, I think, if he plays. Uh and I, I don't know. I think the three of them have leave a lot to be desired, but indeed he seems to have lost it since his injury. It may be his injury. I don't know, slowed him down, who knows? Well, I think it take, takes time, but he's probably had long enough to, to come back. Um, yeah, yeah. Mendy, Brad, are we going to see him leave, do you think? 
It all depends on Mendy. If 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 he gets told the honesty, which it seems like he has been, and he's fitted into the plans, it all depends on how the meetings go with him and Rogers. Because if he says, "Okay, yeah, I'm happy to be a squad player or a regular that that gets dropped depending on who we're playing and not because of how I'm playing," he might say, "I'll sign a two year deal." If the idea is, all right, we're going to lose eight players off the wage bill, we're going to get a bit of money, we're going to cash in on Madison, which sounds like the way they're instantly going, Leicester. Mm. Sounds like Brendan Rodgers has gone, right, there's the deal, take it or leave it. If not, we know where you stand with Leicester and we'll let you go in the summer. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm expecting early business from Leicester this summer. And if he's not offered a contract, I can't really blame him because he's at that part in his career where he thinks, well, no, if I can do a job like this for a... A, a caliber side like Leicester in the Premier League, some club's going to want me, and yeah. he might get that free move. But he's one that you wouldn't mind if they signed a two-year contract, sort yeah. of thing, would you? I, I'd love him to. I'd love him to. Uh, yeah, Dave, I'm going to call you Wiggle then, Dave. Um... Call me Susan if it makes you happy, mate. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> um, yeah. Let's not go down there. That's a show for past midnight. Let me ask you. Um, it's not a trick question. How many signings did we make in the summer? Uh, was it one? Oh, in the, yeah, one, wasn't it? Not in the I apologise, sorry. In the January transfer January. window. January. Yeah. One, two, three. Was it three or four? Was it four? Know, what, 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 what's your final four. answer? Four. four. Can you Major name five. those four? I can't name the guy that we loaned out. Ah, yeah, that's the point I was coming to, <laughs> because I have forgotten about him, to be totally honest with you. And going back to what we're saying about players being given a time to bed in, we've brought him over and we've loaned him out to uh, OH Laven, obviously our sister club in Belgium. Nathan Apoku, he's that's called. Um, 21 years old from American side Syracuse. Um, uh, he's, he's not featured that much but how long do you think before we should give him a chance in the in you know at Leicester I mean he's going to be there for the obviously this you know the rest of this season does he come back or I mean he'll probably come back for the for the you know the, the off-season break and the training does he go back there and I'll ask you the same in a second Brad but Dave does he go back there or for another season, or does he get his chance, you know, with Vardy coming to the end? The state we're in, I can't believe we bought a player to loan him out. I really can't, because we could end up in the, in the what's it called, the championship. And, you know, we, we need to make sure we stay up. And if he's half that good, give him a go. You know, why not? Um, the, clearly he's not seen it. Well, nobody knows him, do they? Nobody's seen him play over here. He might just be that guy that does something. You know, the Chris Garland um, syndrome. Oh, my God, you're going back a bit now. Yeah, yeah, but it worked. It saved us from relegation. uh, Brad was a Leicester player. (laughs) Saved us from relegation. I just... Um, He did. He did. Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. I mean, what do you think, Brad? I mean... 21 years old, I get maybe the fact of why he's gone over there, but shouldn't we be doing that with, you know, I mean, when you come to think, all right, there's always exceptions, but Rooney was 18 when he was 
getting hat tricks in the Premier League? You know, are we? Um, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. What are your thoughts, Brad? It's not the first time we've done something like this. Um, I think it was a case of maybe trying to bolster that side of the squad. You get him. You get him brought in. I mean, he was he was off some scouting thing in America, wasn't it? It was all like um, a pick you get from over there almost. He was completely free. Um, so we don't know a lot about him. Want to see maybe how, you know, the difference in the game, how it's played over in, over the States to how it is in Europe. Go to Belgium, settle in. He's 21. We forget Dewsbury Hall was 23 before he made his first Whoa. team debut. Yeah. And if he, yeah. if, if he was ready and we were that desperate, and I know you'll look at Daka and Nacho and Vardy's record the season go away, we are desperate, but realistically, we're not. We're just because we, we're getting the goals from elsewhere, which is which is counting our blessings. But right now, it's just like if he if he came in and we've instantly sent him out alone. That's an intent that we've taken. We've chanced our arm. We think he looks okay. Let's see how he settles in. If he settles in, he'll probably go into our development. I mean, we talked about it all night about players getting rushed and done. Luke Thomas, perfect example. You know, fans have gone from going, oh, God, Luke Thomas, get him in. He looks great and amazing. He had that adrenaline and nerves and or, or a mixture of both. They probably got him through that first four or five games, but he was never expecting to be playing more than that. He was only expecting to come in as cover for an injured player, maybe sit on the bench. He was never probably to expecting to have, what, 30-odd games to his name as a left-back in the first team. And now look where we are as fans. We're thinking, oh, well, we've got Castagne, we've got JJ when he's fit, we've got Christensen. Maybe now we can loan out Thomas. We're not necessarily in a desperate state in terms of needing that 21-year-old in development. I think it's it might have some, you know, semantics, some 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 sort of weird thing where we got him in to bolster the revenue and whatever for the for the sister club that they own. You don't know what politics are going on there as well. But I can't imagine that if we need him, what what why why put him in the first team? Do we want another Martos Bartos Kaputska? Do we want another Diabate? No, the safe option would be bring him over from the pond, get him used to the European style of football in Belgium, and then if he actually is any good from that little session that they've been able to scout him from, mm. then we make the transition. I mean, just he, he's, he's just done an interview uh, with um, Belgium newspaper Het Newsblad. Oh, um, good paper. Anybody that knows me will say, well done, Chris. Um, <laughs> it says here, uh, Leicester is certainly a dream come true. He had, he had offers from the MLS, in fairness, but his dream was to play in Europe. And he said the difference in level is big with the NCAA, which I'm guessing is one of the leagues in America. So a loan to OH Laven was necessary. Um, this kind of just sums up our season, really. Uh, did you hear about the Italian chef that died? He passed away. <laughs> uh, my, 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 it could have been my, my ex-wife who, uh, who who actually uh, killed him in a hit and run. Well, she did. She tried to drive past him. Um, oh, anyway, uh, I'm going to say Terry. I think you're referring. He was actually a Leicester player that we loaned to Celtic for two seasons. Had a great first season at Celtic. Bankovic. 
yeah, Benkovic. Uh, he wasn't a Celtic player. He was actually a Leicester player. And I'm, I'm going to give Rogers some credit on that one because he obviously looked at him and thought, yeah, you're good enough for the Celtic League, uh, for the Celtic League, for the Scottish League, but you're not good enough for the Premier League. So... Um, he was made of skin and bones and sticky tape as well, didn't he? He always kept getting injured. I mean, God, if you can't make yourself a settled first-team selector in Bristol City, you've got no hope. Carter Vickers, I've no idea who that is. Who He's was... a youngster, but I thought he was... Um, I thought I recognised the name more as a Tottenham youngster. Yeah, Douglas just said there, Carter Vickers was at Spurs. But that's the only one I can think of. But uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end with this comment because I think it will probably just round the show off well. Uh, True Red <laughs> could only be a Nottingham Forest fan comes up with this uh, nice international break now to get either Jesse Marsh, Nathan Jones or Frank Lampard in <laughs> <laughs> I knew that would end the show thanks everybody, take care, Good night. <laughs> um, I did suggest the other day and, and <laughs> um, <laughs> You and your soft toys, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what, I've got the whole bloody cast of Night Garden wanting to come on your show. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, I did suggest, Dave, uh, to the other day to, to the gentleman to your to your right, I guess, as you look at it, or left, I'm not sure which, um, that we, we could do with a Frank Lampard, Steve Gerrard dream team, maybe. Fucking hell. <laughs> no? Allegedly. <laughs> uh, uh, um, I've got to be honest with you. I think he's gone either either whether we stay up or go down. I think he's gone. Do, at do the you end really of the think? Season. Do you reckon? Do you reckon? I think by well, I, I say I did this show on 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 Sunday morning, and it actually makes sense if we're going to stick with him now till the end of the season because whoever we bring in will then know what division he's playing in. You know, um, and I know this is going to surprise you, uh, Brad, because it's probably different to what I was saying on Saturday night, but it just shows what a good sleep can do. Um, but yeah, I think, and I think you may have made the comment, you know, whoever you bring in, are they just only going to come in for 12 games, even with a big bonus of staying up? Uh, we're not going to get anybody that's any good coming in because look where we are. So you're looking, you know, Sean Dyche, we've missed the boat. Uh, but then, do we want him past that if we're going to stay in, you know, in the Premier League? And I just think, as a if if we're up with there's a certain level of manager we can look at, and we can go, and I think we can look abroad, and maybe you know people coming up with names that I can't remember, um, and then um, if we go down, then that's another level we will be looking at. So I don't know, but. I'm hoping that Top's got some ideas and he's approaching and talking to people, possibly, or reaching out as you do. Um, And it's somebody that's currently working. Because I think if it comes to the end of the season, and I think you'll agree, Brad, we're going to have more choice about who we can go for. Because not every manager is going to want to do a Rodgers and leave with 10 games left of a season. No, very true. I mean, I've just had a, a little bit of a thought of maybe a hot shout for a name that might be an end of a season appointment. Uh, and by that, I mean it would depend on entirely probably where they finish for the same reasons I said about Frank at, at um, Brentford. But Marco Silva, 
maybe. You look I mean, at the job he, he, he actually did. Uh, Spurs could be after him. Yeah, well, trophyless or, or actually wins things. I mean, I know where I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my worry with that one is I see totally where you're coming from. Um, when you look at him, I mean, he had Hull in the Premier League. He had Everton in the Premier League. And I think he had a third team in there as well, none of which he's done well with. He's had... I don't know. Can you look back at his Everton time and maybe think, well, actually, he wasn't doing that bad if you look at where they've been since? All I know is James said, who's the big Everton fan, was in the chat uh, uh, was it earlier or yesterday. And Watford, thank you, Doug. Watford was the other team he was with. So, oh, wow. Well, come on, Watford. Did he have three days, three <laughs> months? Which one did he have? I don't think we that, do we? James was saying that he didn't want him back. He said, I wouldn't take Silver back. Thank God, you know, he's not with us now. Um, so, I don't know. I mean, if we're, in the prem- if we're in the Championship, but then would he want to come down to the Championship with us? Well, maybe, maybe not then, but at least, at least, you know, with Marco Silver, he's willing to get his hands in, in, in passion because he got himself sent off, didn't he? So, at least we know we'd have a bit of passion on the Dutch line. Yeah. I mean... Looking at Boris's comment, if I could interrupt, what about... Um... Johnny Evans, Jamie Vardy ticket, eh? It'd get the fans going, wouldn't it? Get Shit. Tony Cotty and them lot back in like it was tated ta- Peter Taylor days. And Steve Walsh. Yeah, get get them back. A, a, would they be allowed because of the, you need to have your coaching Because of the coaching badge. badge. Yeah. I thought yeah. Johnny Evans would have his coaching badge, wouldn't he? He's about 20 times to know. get it. I don't know. Um, are they... Okay, I mean, are Jamie Vardy and Johnny Evans? I can see Johnny Evans till the end of the season, but not on a long-term basis, uh, because it's the experience we're going to need to move on if we're still in the Premier League. You're going to want more experience than he can bring, and is he, you know, what the experience of him getting up? I mean, I don't think then, he'll get on the pitch, Chris. Do I, doubt, I doubt if he'll play for the rest of the season. Well, no, he won't. He won't. I mean, he'll probably, so, you know, break his leg walking to the bench. So what's he uh, doing? What's the point? Uh, we've got him till the end of the season, I guess. Yeah. But Dave, I want to say this. Mike says Potocino, if he would come. No, we have be. to accept we are not going to get these managers. Are we? we went through a list the other day of who, who's out there. Louis Enrique is being linked with Chelsea, as is Potocino. They're not going to come to Leicester, even if we stay up. No, they'll go to Chelsea because of the money, but they won't come to Leicester because we're another Tottenham. We're just better than them at it. That's In the fairness, difference. I don't think we're even as good as Tottenham at the moment. Well, we're not, but we, we're a better club. No, not this season, but one out of three isn't bad. No, that's right. <laughs> as as Meat says over there. Or Conte, because I mean Conte's gonna surely gonna be sacked by Tottenham, aren't he? He's, the, he's lost the dressing room now because half the players want him gone. He's got some right. passion to say that, but strange boy, isn't he? Allegedly. 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 <laughs> Boris, you say no more second-hand manager. No. Who is the second-hand manager that you are, or are you talking about, well, you can't be talking about Evans because you were suggesting him. Isn't every manager second-hand? Yeah, you're going to struggle to find yourself a fresh, a freshly unwrapped uh, manager that's never been tested before because I think you send panic waves throughout the entirety of Leicestershire or, or wherever, you know, in other places where Leicester's been, because 
taking on a new manager with no experience or someone who's not had experience at a high enough level, just ask the teams that went down with managers like that. It, it doesn't mm. bode you well. Yeah, you know? yeah. But yes, yeah, but Southampton, I mean, goodness sake, whoever appointed him needs shooting because that, I mean, the guy wasn't even with it, was he, allegedly? Well, I, don't, I mean, he you was look at that and he's, he's very strange from, boy. He's come from Luton, who were doing quite well, let's be honest with you. Yes, um, they were. So he got his. Still and, are. And still are. Was he any more of a gamble than when we took Martin O'Neill from Norwich? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Martin O'Neill had cut his teeth on for many years, hadn't he, at that level? Um, yeah, I mean, he'd done it at Wickham and then he'd, yeah, he did it. He wasn't that long at Norwich, if you remember, actually. But, but if they know. interview these people, surely from an interview you could tell whether the guy's suitable or not. And he clearly wasn't. For every interview he did to the press, clearly wasn't suitable. Uh, it's just bizarre. And Martin mm. Allen was that? I mean, and did we see him? Well, he's what, good for he him. He fell out with, uh, yeah. with uh, Mandrich, in fairness. Yeah, I mean, that was just a to be fair. That was a wild season, wasn't it? That was like that was like going on a summer vac, you know, what's it, vacation in a, you know, what, what's the Americans call it? Summer vacation or whatever. Oh, I know Blindly going around IB for, for a week off your face and not knowing what the hell happened at the end of it and then putting the pieces together. That, that was that summed up Leicester <laughs> for that era, didn't it? Well, was great, wasn't didn't, he, didn't he get a, a, a day pass to the old people's home and he just went in and bought all these ex-players that yeah. were still kicking around? And, well, to uh, be fair, we played some decent football. I mean, what was his last game? Watford at home? Three or four one or something like that. Brilliant, yeah. Night that was. Yeah. God, some of the players we had then, like Jeffrey Bru- Bru- Brumer and Danny yeah. Cadamartry. Hey, legends. He fell out with. He knew he was. He knew he was going before that game because he gave. He did a lap of honour after the game. Wasn't it, uh, wasn't it Hasselbank that uh, Mandrich wanted to sign? Oh, and yes. he was he was sat in the um entrance yes. at the what was then the Walkers yeah. and he walked in and he went, What are you doing here? And he said, Oh, I've come to sign for you. Yeah. And he knew absolutely nothing about it. Came from medical. Early, I guess. Quite yeah, right. Medical went, was set up. Yeah. yeah. I mean it just sounds a bit like uh, you know, Graham Potter, doesn't it? You know, <laughs> yeah. quite rightly saying, What what's going on? And ref- refused to take it. I mean, there's certain players I would have refused. Jeffrey Broomer was maybe one of those, but I wouldn't have returned down Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. I don't, I don't think. But, uh, no. no, no. Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank was a rare talent. I would have liked to have seen that at the King yes, Power. Yeah, that's maybe a whole another different. Whole different, got away, whole different yeah. show, isn't it? When you think we've allowed Brendan to pick his players and look at it, and uh, if you don't allow the manager to manage, then you're saying, well, you know, he's not doing his job. Yeah. What's but, the point of having a manager that, well, I suppose... Oh, right? oh, oh, hold on. Sat, sat Brendan now. Tottenham Hotspur to decide head coach Antonio Conte's future in the next 48 hours. Get Brendan out. <laughs> get him out. Get him in. There was a time they would have been considering Brendan Rogers. You know what's yeah. happened, don't you? You know what's happened. They've watched but, this stream and have made the decision. No, Top was on the phone <laughs> on Friday to contest. Look, mate. Your job's yours if you want it. Whether it's yeah, now we'll, we'll back season. you. Get yourself yeah. out of Tottenham. Get yourself sacked. Pick up a few bob, and then come to Leicester. Yeah, invest it in Leicester, and we'll give you a job for four years. Yep. 
no there problem. you go. You heard, you heard it if uh, Sky Sports News, if you're just looking for it, mate. It says Tottenham decide head yeah. coach Antonio Conte's future. Allegedly, you actually on the BBC, and apparently Mitrovic is going to get a longer ban. Yeah, I should think so. Well, as much as I hate Man United, but, but that God, was, that was God forbid, God forbid, Mitrovic, you know, was the white way course of the world and signed for Manchester United because you know he would get his ban shortened. He'd get away yeah. with it when they got sent <laughs> off. Yeah, right, guys. Thank you so very, very much. You're um, welcome. That is it again for another question time. We will be back uh, next week. Unfortunately, uh, Dave won't be. I've got standing. Is that right? <laughs> leaving on a jet plane. <laughs> you. I don't what? know. Honestly, you keep bringing, you stop bringing your sex toys onto the TV, please. Only when the granddaughter's here, I have them. So, uh, you know, Maca Packer's right. been dying not, to meet you. Don't tell yeah. me about granddaughter. Your granddaughter's watching after I've just said that. No, no, she's uh, hopefully asleep, but they've been waiting to meet you, Chris. For ages. It is very, very nice to meet whoever been that was. Telling them all, that was Macapaka. Been telling them when, all when, about it. When do you fly, sir? Uh, Monday at about 11. In the morning? Yeah, and we land. At, I was at 11 uh, at night. You could have still come on. Yeah, I could have done. Well, I'll, still, I'll be in the air. I'll be in the air. I'll see if I can get on. Yeah, do, work, do a work. live stream. Do you remember yeah. that old Christmas house party? Yeah, <laughs> I bet had that Virgil Sharky live from up in the air. It went completely wrong. Could do well, they they probably got a bit more money than BBC than you have. Probably well, if they can afford one point three million a year for Lineker, obviously yeah. they've got money to waste. Exactly. Uh, oh, did I say that out loud? Oh, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly, of course, allegedly. Um, yeah. Did um have a have a safe journey, mate. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Have a safe. Flight. Yeah. Have a good one, mate. I'll try and we uh, won't enjoy. I'll try. And don't and bring any spiders back. Oh fuck! No, those snakes as well. We're going camping. Apparently. Oh no! They just oh, took a picture oh. of one of these black-headed things. That's the most poisonous snake in the world. Eating another <laughs> snake. I mean, come oh, on! I can't see what I'm saying because I would get banned. No, you wouldn't. Um, <laughs> you've got to be careful of them blackheads, haven't you? Yeah, you have indeed. <laughs> Can I just say I was so I went up because I say I went to Cairns and mm-hmm. um, I was worried about all these spiders and everything that you're going to see when you're over there. I saw one little green uh, tree hugging frog. Yeah, you're right. When I was over there. I never saw unless I went obviously to a park where they had you know the alligators and what and, yeah. and whatever. Yeah, know. we went we went to Sydney last time and we saw one snake in a lake, the most poisonous one, and that was it. Nothing else. Couple of spiders, but that was it. Yes, yes. But then again, it's the thought of them, isn't it? You know. Yeah. But uh, I remember before I went that I went. I had um. I was doing my year of uh, trying different things, and I had one of those where you go and the you get tarantulas put on your hand and oh, snakes around your neck, and it's funny, but in a in a little in a classroom in Christchurch in Dorset, it's not funny. It's not funny. Isn't that scary. <laughs> no, I couldn't be I doing Remember, they're more scared of you than you are of them. You're like, yeah, right, bugger off. You know? Can I just point out as well, they're not my toys, okay? <laughs> that last comment. <laughs> they're not my toys. I promise well, you. Well, you know, this is, I'm not sure about, if I'm honest. No, seriously, they're not. We have <laughs> never seen this alleged granddaughter. I don't even know if you've got a wife. You talk to her <laughs> off the screen. I don't even yeah. know if she exists. 
<laughs> he just lives in that room. He's not telling us the whole story. No, no, no. nothing else here. <laughs> just a fake bookshelf, and that's it. Terry <laughs> uh, says, "Dave, say hi to my family in Geraldton." Oh, Geraldton. Geraldton. Is well, that my... No, it's it's about four hours up the road. But ah, um, one of those. my Nip cousin, to Sydney, you there, mate? Nip to my, my my cousin Rachel lives there. Oh. And she, she was from Stoke Golding. I don't know whether it's the same. Dare I say interbreeding going on here a bit? Are you are you and Terry related? No, I should. Well, who knows? Um, What was the surname? Rachel Morris. That's right. She lives in Geraldton. Oh, Rachel Morris. Yeah. Come on, have a word. No idea. Uh, Have a safe journey, mate. Cheers, pal. Nice to see you. Enjoy it with your family when they when they obviously join you the week after. Will do. Take care, boys. Don't don't think we won't enjoy. All the best, mate. Don't get arrested either of you while I'm gone. All right. (laughs) Try not to. Depends what we're what we're allowed to do. (laughs) Take care, buddy. Cheers, boys. Twenty fifth of April, he is back and he will be joining us. A post that, Uh, Brad. Top ten battles. When are you back? Yeah, should be back this Thursday. Uh, hoping to kick things off, look at the weekend's fixtures, but there isn't any, so I might do a different international spin on things <laughs> to our usual show. Uh, yeah, I did that. Playing, mate. Yeah, I know, right? I looked at the fixtures before. I don't remember Manchester United having to play England, but that, that wasn't the case. So, yeah, you I might, might be doing an international spin. You might want to. Re- <laughs> you might have a few people watching England. Maybe, maybe. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm looking to get a in contact with a few people to get the top 10 uh, football 10s quiz, uh, get another episode of that out. So, yeah, just keep your eye on it. Have a look. There is going to be something that will happen over this week. Um, so, yeah. Um, and where can people find you? Well, you can find me on, on here most of the time, uh, on the Top 10 Battles YouTube channel and on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at Full Time Focus. And last question for you here from Doug. Uh, are you supporting North Macedonia? North Macedonia. North Macedonia. They're, they're, they're winning it, Doug. I never said what Euros on that show. I said they were going to win the Euros. They're also I just in the Eurovision. Them. And of course, they could be in that as well. Well, you see, nah, North Macedonia, mate. Eng- England are only cocking up. At least <laughs> I expect disappointment from Macedonia. You're not a lover of international football, are you? I'm really not. I'm really not. I don't blame you, mate. I really don't blame you at all. But, uh, <laughs> as a mate, thanks as always for coming on. It has been a pleasure, and thank you very, very much. You've got a weekend off because we've got no match. So uh, I'll see you in a week's time. I'll see you in a week's time, mate. And you and me and no Eagle Piggle. No Eagle Piggle. It'll be blessed. <laughs> all right, mate. Take care. Thanks very much. Take care, mate. And if anybody is into uh, Europe and Eurovision, I'm just going to put it here in the uh, in the chat. Um, check out it's a new channel I'm doing uh, Eurovision, and I'm going to be reviewing Eurovision songs and uh, and the rest, as they say. Um, so please go over, give it a subscribe. Looking back at last year's competition, rating all the songs for this year's. And we'll probably do something to cover it as well. 
Thank you very much to everybody. Please subscribe if you are new. Smash the likes, whether you're new or old. And if you've been listening on your favorite podcast platform, I thank you so very much. And as we always say at the end, take care, stay safe. And here's Arnie. Thanks for watching. These videos are tremendous. You'd better like them too or I'll be back. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. That's all, folks. Thanks for watching Lester Till I Die. This is Chris saying goodbye and see you next time. Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.